You are listening to the Car Guide podcast with Louis Philippe Dubé and Gabriel Gelina. Good day, everyone, and welcome to the sixth episode of the Car Guide podcast. I'm your host LP, and I'm with Gabriel, my co-host. How are you, Gab? Salut. Very well, thank you, Mary. Very good, very good. Um, every year at the Car Guide, we at around Christmas time, or just because before the holidays, we elect the 2023, our 2023 favorite car, SUV, and truck of the year. Uh, note that these vehicles, some of them are on the road. Uh, sometimes they're not quite there yet, but uh, usually you can still get your hands on them. And we we note these vehicles not only for their, you know, how popular they're going to be on the market or how efficient or how powerful they are, but most uh, technologies that they encompass, uh, if uh, they, uh, they promise Uh, 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 breakthrough technologies or breakthrough performance style or uh, certain uh, efficiency promises that uh, that make them a good vehicle overall. We don't know how these vehicles are going to age, obviously. You know, we can't tell the future, but it gives us a good idea. It gives, gives our audience a good idea of what we think of what went out uh, uh, in 2022 and are going to be a good sales uh, or good, very popular vehicles in 2023. Yeah, and also, you know, I think the how significant they are given the present market condition right. is also a very, very, uh, very important aspect. Um, and you know, if, I think I think we could say it outright. You know, for the first time in the history of the of our media, all three uh, winners uh, in the uh, car category or the SUV category or the truck category. Um, they're all electric. They're all electric without <laughs> without surprise. Could, could, could have been surprised, but uh, they're all electric this year. Yeah, that for yeah. the first time. Yeah, yeah exactly. So, um, you know, if you, if we want to talk about the the cars per se, obviously the the winning car, you know, car of the year for us this year is the uh, Hyundai Ioniq 6. We've spoken about it previously uh, on a couple of occasions here because yes. I had the chance to go drive it in uh, Seoul, South Korea. Yes, and um, you know. You know, it's, again, a very significant car uh, because of the uh, it uses the same um, platform as the Ionic 5, but you know much more aerodynamic and uh, much you know greater range. So this one is uh, a very significant uh, player. Also, from a design standpoint. Yeah, exactly. Mm, yes. Yeah, just that. And you know the other the, the finalists that we had in this category the Toyota GR Corolla you yes. know an outlier you know <laughs> with all wheel drive three cylinder yes. engine uh, manual gearbox manual gearbox <laughs> there you go. and something that's very very completely different they, well, you know you mentioned at the beginning that they're all electric mm. but you'll see throughout the the, the well, uh, I, I said the, the, win the winners are all electric. yeah they're all electric but the finalists, but the finalists <laughs> we're still uh, on the fence about exactly. some of these models right so they. There you go. So the uh, the two finalists, as I mentioned, the Toyota GR Corolla, and the other one, obviously, the Toyota Prius. Um, again, a very significant car. The very first, well, not very first, but the, well, very first mass market. Let's put it that way. Yeah, a hybrid car uh, on the on the market. We've had, you know, obviously there was the inside before and things like that. But anyways, the uh, the Prius is uh, again a very significant vehicle and. And again, you know, the, the, the technology, but also the new uh, monobox design, you know, mm -hmm. it's very, very striking. So those are the, uh, our top three. So number one, 
Hyundai Ion X6, and uh, the other two finalists, Toyota GR Corolla and Toyota Prius. But the Prius, uh, for the first time, it looks good. Yeah, I exactly. So. <laughs> that's something <laughs> yeah, that's worth mentioning. Maybe it got there. It helped the, yeah. her, the, the new looks yeah. because if you look at it, I mean, we were talking about it the other day. We have a whole bunch of us, about 10 of us voting for these. And, um, you know, we were talking about the Prius. I said, if you look at it, only if another manufacturer like Hyundai, for, for example, uh, would have done the similar design as the Prius would have said, nah. you mm-hmm. know, like it's not very striking, yeah. as striking as the Ionic 5 or the the, uh, the Ionic 6. But the fact that the Prius finally got, you know, more streamlined, a little bit more sportier, quote unquote, looks may, may, makes it more attractive to the, the general buyer. Yeah. Plus, it's, you know, it's, it's still with given gas prices these days. It's a very significant car. Yeah, you know when you look about it and look at it, you know, the hybrid drive and uh, a four-door uh, car. You know, in in this now sea of SUVs, yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. kind of refreshing to see that uh, the Prius soldiers on with you know new tech and and obviously new uh, new styling. So yeah. that that's interesting. On to the SUV category because SUVs are very, very popular despite our, despite our best effort to keep yeah. our sedans and, and wagons. Um, the GV60, we could say that there's a winning platform uh, also in this, uh, in this uh, uh, trio because the GV60 is the Genesis, uh, which is the, uh, the luxury pendant for, uh, for Hyundai, but also a very, very uh, a game-changing uh, uh, platform uh, that underpins the GV60. Um, and you also, you also were uh, amongst the first to drive the GV60. Yeah, exactly. The GV60, you know, obviously, the only major downside to this vehicle is the fact that it doesn't qualify for any incentives yeah. because of its price. Um, but nevertheless, uh, it's, it's a, the GV, Genesis GV60 is really uh, a, a true luxury vehicle in, mm-hmm. in, in, the, in the pure sense of the word. And a, a nice take uh, on that, again, that eGMP platform that Hyundai and Kia are, are, and Genesis are sharing now. And so... It just goes to show just you're using the same basic technology, so to speak, but you can create a vehicle that has a total different flavor, total different style. And also, you know, it's quite a few interesting, well, interesting, some uh, some you can, features that some are a little bit gimmicky, but yep. others are, you know, kind of make a little bit of sense. Obviously, this car has facial recognition. Yeah. So you don't, you know, you don't really, once you have... Um, uh, once the car has taken your photo, basically, <laughs> you, get, <laughs> you can actually access the car without having, having the key fob on you. Yeah. It just recognizes uh, as your face because there's a camera and the, and the mm-hmm. B pillar. Mm-hmm. How well that's going to work in winter with the snow oh, and ice, I don't yeah, know. It's but not going to recognize anything. But exactly. It, that's, like, that's like every other sensor piece of yeah, exactly. uh, you know, instrumentation that we see. And then with the, to start the car, you usually basically put your, your your fingerprint on on a, on a little pad and it recognizes your fingerprints and, and starts a car so those two things again a little bit a little bit gimmicky what's also some people think is a, a gimmick on that car is the the crystal sphere yeah um, shifter yeah so basically when you get into the car there's this ball that looks like a crystal and when you turn the car on it rotates and it becomes the actual shifter I think that's you know, some people see it as a gimmick, but it's. I think it's an, also an important safety feature because when you get into the car and you turn the car on, mm-hmm. uh, then you get this 
it's only then that the the ball rotates and you get access to the shifter. Yes. And so with with some other cars, you know, you you're you're getting into the the vehicle, you're not sure if it's on or if it's off, things like that. Mm -hmm. And then people will hit Especially the, electric car, exactly, cars, you know, you know, not there's no sure, sound yeah. or anything. Yep. So if you see the, the the crystal sphere side of it, you know that the car is off. Ah, and if you see right. the shifter, you know the car is on. So, I didn't see it that way. That's, yeah, exactly. That's cool. yeah. So, so it's a bit of a safety feature. I, I think that's that, that's quite uh, quite nice. The um, but and and apart from that, you know, significant range. You know, very uh, maybe not the best uh, in the segment or for for electric cars uh, per se, but significant range mm -hmm. and uh, good performance and. There's also <laughs> there's also a drift feature on the performance model, um, which you know sends more power to the outside right rear wheel. Yeah, just throw it in there. Uh, you know, why not? You know exactly. <laughs> you know because we can kind of thing, <laughs> and uh, nobody's going to use that. Or maybe in a parking lot sometime, uh, right? Uh, icy parking lot, whatever. But uh, just because they could, they did. So here you go. And the other finalists are, are you know not without merit. Obviously, um, yes. The other two are. Cadillac uh, Lyric, so uh, Cadillac's uh, electric SUV, yeah. and the other one, the Mazda CX-50 SUV. Now, that's more like a, a traditional kind of vehicle. Yeah. Which and and like I like I always say, you know, if 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 the CX fifty would have come on the scene maybe a, a year or two ago, it probably would have been a shoe in to to, to win the overall prize, you know, yeah. SUV of the year. But now. With so much uh, going on with regards to electrification, hybrid drive, and all that, you know, to to put out an SUV with a gasoline engine, a six-speed automatic gearbox, you know, it, yeah, it, it, it's still it's still fun to drive. Mm -hmm. it's, you know, as far as I'm concerned, it's the most fun to drive SUV out there um, with regards to dynamics and, and performance. But you know, it's, it's you know, as, as I always say. Uh, uh, <laughs> eight is the new six, <laughs> you know. <laughs> so eight-speed gearboxes are now the norm. Yeah, you know that. Uh, so before, you know, not so long ago, a six-speed uh, automatic gearbox was was a significant uh, achievement. But now, you know, you've got everybody or thereabouts with an eight-speed mm -hmm. uh, transmission. So that would be a plus if the Mazda would would have that. Plus, also, you know, it, the Mazda. There's no. Not yet, at any rate, no hybrid uh, yeah. available the, for the uh, yeah. CX-50. Um, we know it's coming. We don't know exactly when it's going to come to the market, but it's, it will come eventually. Mm -hmm. uh, but it's just, so it goes to show that it's a bit more, um, uh, I wouldn't say retrograde, but <laughs> yeah, say, well, an is, old school uh, it SUV, is. You know, and, a traditional and SUV. Basically. One thing that we have to mention and why it's there, on it's it's available. Yeah, you know? exactly. <laughs> so we're talking it's, about the Ionic 6, the the Prius, yeah. but the, even the GR Corolla, yeah. or, you know, the Cadillac Lyric, the GV60. I mean, the Mazda CX-50, you want one, you'll, you're, you're going to get one. You're going to get one and yeah. you're going to get a good vehicle because the, the design is, is an absolute standout as yeah. far as I'm concerned. The, the the quality of the interior, the fit and finish, you know, no. you really get that that premium car experience. No. Um, but it is an old recipe. Well, an old know, recipe, and, you know, and, and, given the the current times. Yes, yes with yeah. hybrid, you know, like I said, hybrid drive and electrified powertrains and things like that. Yeah, the CX fifty does not have that, and that's the reason why it it made the list as a finalist. You know, it's it's in our top three, yeah. but it, it it didn't get didn't get the prize. Yeah, yeah. 
In terms, in terms of, tr of trucks, uh, obviously electric trucks, everybody's waiting for them. Uh, the uh, uh, Ford F-150 is on top of the list for us. Uh, the uh, Lightning, because it made it to market. We see them on the roads now. Uh, it's it looks like an F-150. It's not funky. It's not it doesn't doesn't look it, it, you know it doesn't it, it functions and it's it's such a popular vehicle. It makes sense to be the first one that you know that Ford comes out with uh, the F for uh, F-150 brand. Yeah, I think it's significant because you know obviously it's the most popular vehicle in Canada, the most popular vehicle in the States as well, mm -hmm. the, the Ford F-150. So to have a, an electrified also or an electric uh, variant with the, with the lightning is very, very, very significant. Mm -hmm. Obviously, it's not going to be a huge production uh, numbers. It's going to be very expensive. It's going to be tough to get one. Yes, <laughs> there's going to be Always. huge dealer markups and and, yeah. and what have you. And it's not without its drawbacks yeah, in the winter sure. and in towing and everything. But you know, but still, you know, for for uh, that, it's the first electric pickup truck. Well, you you could argue the the Rivian, you know, thing, but those are not really on the market yet. Yes. So the first one that makes it to the market is the uh, the Lightning. Yeah. And like I said, it's a it's a very significant uh, vehicle. Obviously, you know, Ford F-150, they make what 600,000 uh, of these vehicles per year. I'm talking about of course of the the gas-powered version. Yeah. Yep. So the Lightning is going to be a, a drop in the bucket, but as a symbol it's uh it's it's quite uh quite significant yeah yeah definitely uh runner-ups uh Chevrolet Colorado and the GMC Canyon obviously they were just revamped uh these vehicles mm -hmm. but nothing very new in terms of powertrain and the the last one was the F1 uh, the, the F150 again but Raptor R uh just because I guess just because, <laughs> just because. <laughs> it is because it's crazy yeah. and it's still cool. It sounds great. It looks good. And uh, it still reminds us of good old pickup truck that burns a whole lot of gas and makes a whole yeah. lot of power. And, you know, obviously the, 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 the crazy suspension on, on the Raptor R, yeah. you know, to, uh, to, to go do some serious uh, off-roading, obviously, you know, more like the, the, the southern part of the United States, the yep. southwest, you know, running the dunes and things like that. So a lot of people will still buy them in the northeast and maybe may not make full use of the 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 desert Baja yeah, one thousand kind of all the all the drive modes, <laughs> but you still you're still driving you know one of the coolest pickup trucks around. Yeah, and it's a bit the same as uh, I don't know driving a very fancy exotic, and you might not use a hundred percent of its potential all the time, but it's nice just to show off and to, to drive yeah. around in one. So I think that's kind of the appeal of the um, of the the Ford uh, F-150 Raptor R. Uh, whether or not you're using the capability is just just the looks of it alone is uh, is quite compelling. Yep. Oh, so that's it for uh, the Car Guide 2023 car, SUV, and truck of the year. And uh, next year, it's going to be probably a whole new a whole new ball game since the automotive industry is changing uh, so much. And uh, hopefully next year, well, hopefully the next year, maybe there'll be gas-powered vehicles still, maybe not, well, who knows. Switching gears now. Switching gears now. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to talk about electric vehicles. And we're going to talk about 
electric vehicles with a manual transmission. Uh, yes. Yeah, exactly. yeah. I wanted to pick so your things, brains. Yeah. Things that make no sense category. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> For 500 <laughs> chapters. I really wanted to pick your brains on that. Put this on there because I know how much experience you have in the automotive industry and how much this, how, how contradictory this piece of equipment we, we not even call it a piece of equipment it's more like a, a software a piece of software yeah exactly uh, in the vehicle you know we're talking about transmissions and, and electric cars so obviously you know you start thinking right away about the Porsche Taycan and the Audi e-tron GT right you know they're they're both built on the same platform uh, shared within uh, by Porsche and the uh, and Audi. And of course, these cars have a two-speed transmission on the rear electric motor. Yes. So basically, when you get to, I think it's a little over 100 kilometers per hour, you, know, the, you can actually hear and feel the shift in the, in mm -hmm. the rear electric motor. And this is designed so that the car can you know, travel at high, rate, high rates of speeds. Because obviously, you know, these cars were designed and built for the autobahn, <laughs> yeah. you know, basically. And, it, and it's to, to make the most out of that motor, exactly. out of the powertrain, take the most out of the powertrain. Yeah, so for that, it makes perfect sense. Serves because, a purpose. Yeah, it serves a purpose, allows the car to go faster and use less energy at, at high speeds, uh, even though, you know, obviously driving at high speeds is still going to uh, use up the battery faster. But anyways, yep. for that, it makes sense. But now what we're talking about is something completely different. We're talking about you know, a pure electric vehicle with a simulated sort of, you know, yeah. gearbox kind of action and clutch and, and shifter uh, and shifter and, you know, different sounds, you know, as if it were a uh, gasoline powered or, you know, IC yeah. engine with a conventional gearbox. And to me, Yeah, it's just a total waste of time. Yeah. I mean, total waste of time. And it's only the Japanese yeah. manufacturers that will dream up of something like that. You know, again, maybe because they can, I don't know. But it, you know, to me, it's like, yeah. How about putting your energy <laughs> and your resources? Give us more range. <laughs> yeah, or yeah, give us more range or, you know. If, or drivability. Or, or, and and get in the game with regards yeah. to EVs because, you know, let's face yeah. it, uh, they're kind of, the, the Japanese uh, car makers are seriously, seriously behind. Yeah. Uh, But it's like, it's, it's like when we, when, you know, the uh, continuously variable transmissions were first introduced and the automotive and then, yeah. and then you know, mo more mainstream cars yeah, and, yeah. And, and, you know, they started saying, well, We'll put six simulated gears, and you have a, a shift paddles on the on on the steering wheel. Mm -hmm. And if you know how a CVT works, you'd say, "Wow, this is very stupid," you know, because mm -hmm. a CVT is a cone shaped. It just it's yeah, just yeah. gradual. It doesn't have any gear ratios. So we found it stupid, and we laughed at it. But this is even worse because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there's not the, it, it is it isn't even working with the mechanics yeah. of the vehicle. When we say save the manuals, that's not what we mean. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's exactly. And and you you, know, you said the Japanese uh, are most of the manufacturers. We're talking about Lexus here, yeah, uh, mostly because that's that's the, the the manufacturer that made Toyota Lexus that made the news, and they actually put it. If you look on the web, I don't know if we uh, we publish it on the website. But they put it in Japan or in Europe uh, in a in a UX all, uh, out of all the cars at Lexus, mm -hmm. and the, you can show a POV of the driver shifting gears and 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 you know like okay yeah. so that's there's that. 
Honda, however, and when we were, and when I was in Japan a couple of weeks back and we were talking about electrification and, uh, talking about uh, the future plans of Honda, we were talking about how, how they kind of lagged behind in that regard. And one of the journalists there's asked the CEO, you know, are you guys thinking because we, were, we they were talking we were talking about driving dynamics yeah. you know how to keep the the uh, the R and the type S and get the you know the spirit of the Honda Acura driving dynamics into the electric vehicles and the CEO said you know we it's very uh, important for us and it's not going it's going to be a whole new ball game and then we asked are you thinking about putting manual gearbox in the in the electric mm-hmm. vehicle is this categorically no yeah exactly you know? so that's kind of a genuine genuine statement that says mm-hmm. you know we're not going to add on software to simulate uh, uh, fun and, and mm. driving dynamics uh, it kind of fits because you know uh, Honda's an engineering company when you when you think about it and right. they 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 tend to do things that make sense you know from an engineering standpoint so i mean yeah this whole thing with lexus and toyota yeah go have fun with your with your toys but uh, as far as i'm concerned thanks but no thanks <laughs> <laughs> one more thing i want to talk about uh and uh, other absurdities uh of the current automotive market is the subscription subscription based services now coming to cars yeah and it's not new because you know if you remember onstar with gm uh would 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 i think we could consider that as the first you know, subscription-based service that served a, pur- a certain purpose. You could pay it monthly and have certain services in the car. But now this has carried on to heated seats, heated steering wheels. And now with Mercedes, you can actually bump up the power for a year yeah. on your uh, EQE or SUV or EQS well, SUV. I, you know, I think, you know, you're right in that, you know, OnStar was very, very much the, the first subscription uh, based service and obviously we all remember the ads you know the, the the cars in the ditch the guys had an accident and he presses the OnStar button and he gets uh, he or she or the passenger driver whatever gets in touch with um, you know a dispatcher who sends the emergency services and things like that so that was very much the the, the marketing pitch with regards to uh, to OnStar, but they right. also had, you know, other services uh, that, that that came with that. I think the key thing, you know, if you remember, I think it was two years ago or a year ago, uh, BMW said that they were going to start to charge a fee, monthly fee, for you to use Apple CarPlay. Oh yeah, in, I remember that in yeah, your car. Yeah, remember? Yeah. Yes. And then there was a rush of, uh, of 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 not necessarily complaints because the, you know it was it's something that they were planning to do. It's not something that they had implemented. I think it was like eighty dollars a month. Yeah, something absurd. Yeah. So. You know, Apple CarPlay, the technology is in your phone. Yeah. You know, and all it, the it, stuff is in your phone that you bought, that yeah. you pay for. And right, it you takes know? your data to sell to exactly. third parties and that's how it works. <laughs> and then you're going to charge us to have the, the, the display on, you know, on the, that screen on your display. It makes, made no sense. You right. know? And, and quite frankly, you know, the pushback was so strong. Uh, it made, I think, every media outlet, you know, in the U.S. and Canada started going on with that. Yeah, including and us. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and, uh, you know, they quickly realized that they had to, 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 to backpedal and things like that. But now, 
we're getting they're getting back into the game with stuff like yeah you want the heated seats right. well you have to pay for it you know? yeah well again you know the technology is already in the car the mm-hmm. heater is in the car I'm mm-hmm. I bought the car or I'm leasing the car yeah I'm leasing a hundred percent of the car and all of its features and everything that's in yeah. it yeah. you're not going to charge me to turn on the heated seats or yeah. to turn on the heated steering wheel that's you know that's quite frankly, BS. Yes. You know? And For, I, I guess from a pr- production standpoint on the line to put it in the, the vehicle yeah, and saying, like I said, you know, if the if this buyer is not going to pay the $15 or this, the proportion of buyers that are going to take the heated seats, it is more, probably more, and there's no, there's no numbers backing this, what I'm saying, but yeah. it is more profitable for the, on the, on the production line to put it in a car yeah. and say, well, 50% are going to buy it or 70% are going to buy it. The 30% that we put it in, but we don't charge for it. It makes more sense to put it in there to put it in or out a different seating or not. It's all the same components on the same line, right? Like I said. I bought the car. Yeah, <laughs> or exactly. I'm leasing the car, I, and, and I totally agree. It's I just, buy a hundred percent of yeah. the car and all its features. Yeah, and you, you you shouldn't be you know the, the manufacturer shouldn't be charging yeah. for stuff that's already in the yeah. car or making magic with numbers exactly. and saying. You but know. that's and that's the problem now with all these uh, over the air updates. You know, they basically can do just about anything they want with right. uh, with the the software the software in the car. So that's what makes these kind of schemes possible. Mm-hmm. You know, the OTAs. So um and again, you know, for the manufacturers they're just looking for another revenue stream. They're looking for and, and a recurrent <laughs> revenue yes. stream, you know, every month. Yes. Things like that. But, you know, to me it just I mean, it just it just, it just stinks, basically, is what it does. Yeah, know? it's so, it's not good it's, news. No, it's not good news. And it's the same with Mercedes-Benz. You know, you buy an electric car and, okay, you want more power? Well, it'll cost you. You know, if the car is technically capable of delivering a certain amount of power and that's the car you bought, well, you shouldn't be able to access it 100% of the time. Right. And yeah. let's let's underline that uh, 75% of people, according to Cox Automotive, I are not don't, don't want to do anything, anything to do with subscription services. Yeah. And, I, you know, I, I agree. I think it's pretty normal that mm. you pay for the car and it's yours. Exactly. So a couple of weeks ago, I uh, flew to Germany uh, to see not only uh, the, uh, the what's what's in store for the Sprinter cargo van uh, in the next few years, uh, something that we can talk about only in uh, January or February. I think the embargo lifts, uh, but we uh, we were uh, fortunate enough to drive the uh, Mercedes-Benz EQB. Uh, SUV, which is the uh, electric uh, version of the GLB, which is the uh, the, uh, the compact SUV, at, one of the compact SUVs on Mercedes-Benz. Um, the EQB, uh, we got a chance to drive it uh, last year uh, during the pandemic, but now they are on the road, officially available at mm-hmm. dealerships. Uh, EQB is uh, a compact that has the the, the, mo- the most predominant feature on it is that it offers what we could call a third row uh, for children. Uh, let's mention <laughs> yeah. it, not not for or, or you know very 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 small individuals. Because the if you look at the GLB and EQB, they share the exact same platform. By the way, uh, it's uh, adapted for electric 
uh, a powertrain, but um, it still offers that third row option and it kind of opens up to smaller f- or uh, medium families to be able to to uh, to offer seven uh, uh, seats, uh, not for too long, hopefully, because it's really cramped back there. Um, however, it is an interesting proposition in the market. It is uh, powered by uh, twin uh, electric motors. Offers range uh, that's not super interesting. It's 365 kilometers of total range. It sounds very much like the Volvo C40. Yeah, <laughs> it does. Yeah, and, exactly. Know, in terms of size and in terms of, uh, except for the fact that it has three rows. But that's the yeah, only thing that yeah, kind of exactly. differs it. But yeah. it's it's. I find that it's a it's a good commuter. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's you know if if you look look at it from a range standpoint, but 365 would be considered as in in the low, yeah, you know, in the in, in the lower side of the spectrum. Um, typical uh, Mercedes driving, very comfortable, not um, you know like a, a, a good driving dynamics, but nothing very very uh, uh, impressive or that's gonna you know rock you out of your chair. 288 uh, horsepower and uh, 300. And something foot pounds of torque, so it's it's you know it's in the it's in the, the ballpark there uh, in terms of uh, in the luxury market in in the segment uh, three hundred eighty five foot pounds of torque. Sorry, uh, so it's it, you know it's an interesting proposition. It's it's uh, it's got the formatic system now in Canada. It's going to come later in a front wheel drive. Uh, version mm-hmm. only in the next years, and that one hopefully it's going to have a little bit more range. We don't know exactly uh, from from an EPA standpoint. And how much do they want for that? Seventy five thousand dollars. Wow, <laughs> starting price for <laughs> <laughs> for the thirty five uh, the three fifty four Matic. Uh, so it's you know interesting proposition. I was saying earlier, and, you know not, not considering the price, but everything is so expensive now. And if you're looking for yeah, but you mean you still yeah at that price you don't even qualify for any incentive. Uh, any incentive. All, that's know. It, Just it. like the GV60, same, yeah. the GV60, same thing. Exactly. But, yeah. it, you know, it's it's uh, it's it, it kind of touches a few segments. Inside, it's typical Mercedes. You don't get the the hyper screen, obviously, mm-hmm. that you'll find on the EQS and EQE yeah, exactly. uh, SUVs. But you get uh, you know decent infotainment system, uh, a very nice finish. Enough room if you're only five. If you're seven, it's okay. It'll work, but it's uh, it's it's a little cramped back there. And what I like about it too is that it's it, you know not unlike the EQE and EQS SUV, it it looks much like a GLB. You know, yeah, so yeah, it, yeah. it it, it kind of you know the, you'll you'll see in the front uh, the grill is absent or the lack of yeah, grill yeah. is 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 what the, the most predominant. But if you look at the EQS SUV or the EQS for that matter in terms of design. They stray apart from from you know the S class because of the aerodynamics because of everything they put in them, and I find that the the, the fact that you can get a GLB electric that looks that kind of looks like a GLB boxier, mm-hmm. okay maybe the range figures suffers from it with 365 yeah, yeah, exactly. kilometers maybe there's a reason for that but overall uh, 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 a fun vehicle to drive expensive and. Something at Mercedes that I can't I, I can't figure out how to make work is always a navigation system. Uh, <laughs> it's been it's it's put us into into a little bit of uh, of trouble, and it'll ask you to to um, to a little bit of a adaptation period if you may. But mm-hmm. but overall, 
not an, a not a, a, a superbly uh, uh, um, uh, impressive or out of this world product. Something that a, f uh, a small family that occasionally accommodates a few more passengers and need a little bit of luxury could uh, could uh, look at if considering in the seventy five thousand dollar bracket. Yeah, that's quite a bit expensive, but I've got you beat because uh, you know the vehicle <laughs> yes. that I drove recently is a. Uh, Much more expensive than that. Right. $189,650 as tested. Of course, we're Jeez. talking about the Land Rover Range Rover. The one and only the, Range yeah, Rover. The top, of, <laughs> top of the line uh, at Land Rover. So, you know, obviously this, uh, we tend to forget it, but, you know, the, the Range Rover was the very first luxury SUV on the market right. 50 years ago. Now, to be fair, 50 years ago, It wasn't necessarily a luxury SUV. It's more utilitarian than anything else. Right. But over the years and the generations, it, it has truly morphed into this uh, luxury uh, SUV. Right. So very, very quiet, very comfortable. Um, uh, this one, obviously, uh, it was the first edition model. So that's V8 power. Mm -hmm. And in you know, today's day and age, you know, to, to put out an SUV with a V8 engine, you know, it's kind of like goes against the, goes against the trend, definitely. Yeah. So in terms of uh, fuel economy, you know, I, I think I did 15 liters per 100K uh -huh. average. <laughs> And that's not, you know, not... Just driving it. Yeah, just no. driving it regularly. Most of the time, just by myself, you mm -hmm. know, no, no gear, no other, no other people in the car. So... <clears throat> Again, you know, incredibly quiet, uh, beautiful design. You know, it's it's really well. I, I really like the the Land Rover design these days. You know, right. they're, they're very minimalist. Also, with the interior, very minimalist. Uh, it's all screens now, right? Yeah, exactly. In, 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 in Range Rovers, because they they, they, yeah. they kept buttons for a long time. Yeah, man. they kept buttons for a long time, but now it's like uh, your your your. Um, Your instruments is one one screen. Obviously, you've got the infotainment screen, which looks like it's sort of like floating over on the on the console. Right. It, it's actually quite nice in terms of interior design, in terms of uh, uh, fit and finish, quality, things like that. So that's 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 it's a, definitely a, the cool factor is, right. is definitely there when you're when you're driving this this vehicle. The handling, obviously, big and heavy, but you know it's got. Um, Uh, anti-roll bars that are uh, hooked up to a 48 volt uh, electric system to compensate so, yeah, for the uh, for the roll. Yeah. So it's definitely not a sporty kind of uh, vehicle, but it, it again it's it's been made to reduce the body roll more for comfort than for performance. So uh, that, that that was pretty uh, pretty nice. Um, couple of complaints, obviously the fuel fuel efficiency. You know, it's. it's Yeah, eight power, fifteen uh, what liters is it? for one hundred. <laughs> How do you, you mean know? fuel efficiency? Exactly. <laughs> also, you know, the stop-start system was kind of a bit rough. You know, when the engine shuts off at a at a light and when it starts up again. So, in a vehicle of that price, you would think that you know they would you'd have something a little bit smoother than than that. But also, you know, the biggest thing with Land Rover is the reliability. That's what I wanted to Be talk about. Exactly. Yeah. That Because and the sound, the sound of the of the uh, of of the V8. Yeah. It sound it. it You know, it's, it's more muted. It's definitely not an AMG more, yeah. V8. Okay. Absolutely not. You know, it's, yeah. it's, it's very muted. It's a, it's a BMW engine, by yeah. the way. You know, it's a 4.4 twin turbo. Yeah. So anyways, um, the, the, but the thing is just that, the reliability. Because if you look at the latest uh, JD Power vehicle dependability survey, which is the 2022 
survey. Um, so this measures the reliability of yes. model year 2019 cars, mm-hmm. you know, cars that have been on the road for three years. And that's something JLR uh, is, uh, CEO doesn't want to look at. Exactly. Well, actually, <laughs> he does want to look at. He said he said he was going to look at it. Yeah, well, well, we'll get back to that in a minute. Okay. But anyways, in terms of vehicle dependability, uh, Land Rover ranks 26th out of 26 brands, <laughs> you know, that are, and they've been at the bottom of this study for years now. Right. You know, they've always been in last place, mm. Land Rover. Now, obviously it doesn't make any distinction between the models. You know, it's not a separate score for the Evoque or whatever. It's just all the Land Rovers. If we look at the, the reliability, what the owners have been complaining about, and you know, they rank 26 out of 26 brands. So Thierry Bolloré, who's mm. the Frenchman who was head of uh, JLR until recently, he said uh, a year or two ago that, you know, he recognized that this was a significant problem mm-hmm. with Land Rover and that he was going to undertake, you know, to fix it. And, you know, they, they appointed a new guy who's going to be responsible for vehicle quality and things like that. And mm-hmm. they were trying to turn the, turn the tide around, so to speak. Right. You know, to, to, to round that corner and, you know, the, to to give customers a reliable vehicle, you right. know, when you're paying those those kind of dollars. But but recently he left the brand, you know, for quote unquote personal reasons. Mm-hmm. So what does that mean? You know, was it too <laughs> too difficult a job? Well, I don't know. <laughs> um, Jaguar's sales, uh, you know, have, have tanked yes. uh, in in the last couple of years. So that looks like a a lost cause. But Land Rover, that's the bread. That's a cash cow of JLR. And uh, they have to fix their their reliability issues. So obviously, this is a 2022 model, and so we'll only know about its reliability, you know, three years down the line. But right now, let's just say that you know the the reliability scores for Land Rover make it that it's kind of impossible to recommend to right. somebody to buy a Land Rover. Yeah. I mean, you really have to like the styling or the, you know, the, the look or the cachet of the, mm. it's, it's all there. Yeah. It's just, it's very different. It's very yeah. different. Yeah. But it's, you know, chances are it's not going to be reliable. Yeah. And there you go. <laughs> <laughs> So, Gab, this is going to be uh, the sixth episode. It's going to be the last episode until Christmas, uh, the holidays. And uh, after the holidays, there's going to be a whole lot going on because it's the yep. Consumer Electronics Show. Yeah. The CES. As CES. It's yeah, yeah. yeah it's Vegas. Yeah. Maybe Vegas. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, we were talking, I remember a few, uh, all every single episode, we talk about shows that are, you know, losing traction yeah. and uh, yeah. uh, losing popularity. The CES isn't because exactly. the consumer electronics show is used to be only phones and stereos. Now, car manufacturers are kind of tagging along because, yeah. because it's, it, they want to take advantage of the popularity. Yeah, exactly. The vehicle technology uh, is very much a, uh, a key component of uh, CES now. You not only have OEMs, you know, uh, the, 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 the car makers themselves displaying things, but also all the suppliers. And obviously we're talking about, you know, companies that are making LiDAR systems right. and things like that for autonomous drive and, 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 and other companies that are involved in connectivity. And so it all merges, so to speak, together at, at CES. And every year, car makers use CES to introduce new models. Now, 
not all the car makers do that, but you know, I remember just a couple of years ago, Mercedes-Benz launched the CLA at CES. Now, this is not an electric car. It doesn't yep. have, you know, it doesn't have, didn't have that fancy tech, but, and they used CES to, to launch it. Right. The Bolt, Chevrolet Bolt was introduced at CES, not mm -hmm. at the Detroit Auto Show, mm -hmm. which was only a week later. So again, more and more, uh, CS is becoming significant, not only for cars, but also for technology. You know, that's when Audi introduced the virtual cockpit for the first time, as was at CES. Right. Uh, and now it's in every car they make, thereabouts. So, again, this year, we're going to go down there and we're going to see uh, some cool stuff. We know that uh, Mr. Tavares, the, pre the CEO of uh, Stellantis, is going to be the keynote speaker. Right. Oliver Zipsa, who's the CEO of BMW AG, is also going to be there for some major announcement. Mm -hmm. Volkswagen is doing something. So, we're going to see. We're, I'm, I'm going to be there. Yep. <laughs> so I'm going to you know, take a look. And uh, it's going to be cool to see, to be back at uh, CES because obviously, you know, the last two years haven't happened because of the pandemic. Right. So uh, they've happened actually online, but, you know, it's not the same. So uh, it's going to be cool to, to go back to the uh, Las Vegas Convention Center and see what the automakers and the automotive suppliers have on hand for us. There's always going to be some new cool stuff and we'll be able to report on that when we get back. Definitely. Something I want you to look at for us uh, yes. is the um, APMA's Project Arrow. The APMA yeah. is the Automotive Parts Manufacturers Association of Canada. Uh, it's something that's been a couple of years in the making. Uh, the association... Uh, it's obviously all kinds of, of companies uh, in in uh, in Quebec, uh, Ontario, and the rest of Canada that uh, make components uh, for for cars, and now more and more for electric cars. And they came up together with a with a plan to build a concept car that would include gonna be like a showcase of everything that we can do up in Canada. Uh, when I when I read and heard and viewed some of the interviews, uh, uh, they said, well, you know, if someone wants to take it to production, very good. Uh, maybe we'll be able to take it to production in Canada. Maybe we can partner up with a brand to do it. But I think it's a showcase project. Arrow is a showcase of, you know, Canada's automotive industry. Uh, what can Canada do? Mm -hmm. You know, how it can contribute in the batteries and the technologies and stuff like that. And I was, I read about it two years ago and I you kind of forgot about it. It got out of the news. Yeah. And then I saw on the APMA's Twitter account that says, oh, we're, we're nearing the, uh, the unveiling of this concept vehicle yeah. and we're going to be at CES to do it. Yeah, that's very much going to be, I think, one of the highlights this year uh, I don't know if you remember a couple of years ago Sony uh, yes. showed a car you yep. know, concept car Yeah. It so it just goes to show that you know sometimes you, you expect things from major automakers and then all of a sudden an outlier comes in Sony you know entertainment company obviously you know component yeah, so they made a car so <laughs> there you go <laughs> so this one I think is going to be significant because it's an association of, uh, uh, of of parts manufacturers component makers things like that people who are Invested, mm -hmm. you know, active in the in the automotive sphere, and to sort of like put a car together from, you know, from from all these. I wouldn't say you know assembling it like from like a Lego, like yeah, <laughs> you, you, it, but little blocks from here, little blocks from there. But nevertheless, you know, it's going to be interesting to see how 
cohesive or mm-hmm. you know it's going to be this yep. this vehicle so i think it's going to be definitely uh, one of the highlights also we know that um you know ram is going to introduce a ram 1500 electric right, pickup finally. truck yeah yeah so again you know following in step with the uh, with the lightning and obviously with what the uh, silverado silverado and, is coming yep. down the line yep. so that's going to be interesting and you know whatever bmw is going to show up with and and volkswagen as well so i think we've got a we will have some 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 cool stuff on which to report. Yeah, that's all, folks, for us. Uh, happy holidays! Yeah, absolutely. Stay safe out there. Yeah, drive safe, and uh, we'll be back on the first uh, week after CES to uh, to report on our recent test drives and also on uh, whatever happened in the automotive industry during the holidays. Take care and so long. Thank you for listening to the Car Guide podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and leave us a review if you'd like. Visit us at carguideweb.com for daily updates and news on everything auto, as well as weekly reviews and drives. You can also follow us on Facebook, TikTok, YouTube, and Instagram at The Official Car Guide.